my Doberman's gonna shove his nose in my face and your cat's gonna walk across your keyboard. That's just how they do. Hey, thanks for joining the Escape With Me book club. Escape With Me, Lizzie Sawyer. And me, Sam Ryder. In our most recent read. Come with us as we evade reality and go into detail about a new book. We're going to be covering it from beginning to end, so remember, there will be spoilers. Today we're going to the fantasy city of Imalon. Aha, I listened to the audiobook. I know how things are supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> Dude, same. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, some of the names I'm very glad I listened to. Anyway, the first book in the Magic Circle Quartet. The Magic and the Weaving, or Sandry's book, talks about the bringing together and formation of a group of four children with natural talents of magic. Lady Sanderline, Trisana, Daja, and Briar all have their traumatic past and individual barriers to overcome to reach their potential. While all four begin their path, it is Sandry that will have the chance to overcome herself and prove her powers as the thread that ties the group together. So background is all you. This is you a suggestion. Yee. There's two that I read consistently over and over again, and it's Tamara Pierce and Patricia C. Reed over and over and over again. They're my staples. They're my favorites. I remember you mentioning her. I will love them forever. We're going to read one of Patricia's books sooner rather than later because I'm making you read 13th Child. I think that's on the list. Yes, it's coming up. Yeah, so they're fun. They're a fun time, both of them. So I've been reading this series for forever. And now you get to read them too. Do you remember, did your mom buy them for you as a kid or did you find them in a bookstore? How did you find these? Because apparently this one is very obscure in that I cannot find and purchase a reasonably priced physical copy. So my dad's a nut and has been collecting books for forever. And I actually got into these because mom got me into the Alana the Linus series written by Tamara Pierce. And I went looking to see if we had more by her in dad's catalogs because he has catalogs so much and he just had all of the circle of magic books as well so i was like oh well it was also written by this author so i'll just read those too and then i did (laughs) and they were good (laughs) so it's kind of funny we're reading them in reverse order yeah what sucks about them being obscure is that there's actually a sequel to this series called the circle opens series so the circle of magic there's the four in that and there's the circle opens which is the next four and i only have books one and three for that series and I can't get my hands on two and four. Yeah. It's driving me crazy. I have tried so hard to get a physical copy. I'm going to keep trying, but I have tried so hard to find a physical copy of this book. Driving me crazy. Which is weird because the series you just mentioned, the Song of the Lioness, I can get a copy of that real easy. I have a copy of that in my hand and so I'm just like what the heck? Yeah, I don't know. Scholastic. I have no clue. I blame Scholastic. Oh, it's definitely their fault. Because I don't see a Scholastic sticker on Song of the Lioness, but Scholastic I know bought Circle of Magic, so what the heck, guys? Why did we feel the need to bury these? Ugh. What did they do? Be published in the 90s? I guess. Gosh dang it, Scholastic. Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't mention published in 1997. <laughs> Oops. I'm bad at this. It's okay. Consistency what? Never. Never. So age level is definitely midlit. So this is middle school fair. I'm pretty sure if I had to place the age of these characters, it would be... I think like 11, 12. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Old enough to be an older kid, but not quite a teenager. Old enough to have your first Pokemon and be sent out into the world for your very own adventure all by yourself, alone, in the wilderness, with dangerous Pokemon. They could potentially kill you at 10 years old. (laughs) 
I think about this way too much. So yeah, middle schoolers, content warning, a little bit off the top of my head, so I may have missed some, but for sure, blood, animal cruelty, child abuse, and death. When I say the children's past is traumatic, I am not using that word lightly. No, especially Sandry, like good God. Oh my gosh, yes. But also, okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. (laughs) We're not there yet. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's a lot. And it's a little bit rug sweep, but also not at the same time because you're trying to make it PG for the children, you know, for the youth. For the children. (laughs) But also doesn't necessarily sugarcoat it either. No. So it's definitely a middle school level. I think if they had taken all that stuff out, I could totally see it being a children's book. I love it when midlets don't sugarcoat things. They fully understand that the person that is reading is not an adult, but not stupid either. Yeah, they're prepared for the the duality of it and the harder stuff. Yes. The harder stuff. Okay, so that sounds a little condescending. The hard stuff. (laughs) But you get my point. (laughs) Oh no, the alcohol of the book world. (laughs) We're reading whiskey now. Judge a book by its cover. I have no idea what the cover looks like because every time I try to look it up, it's a different cover. (laughs) So I feel like Scholastic printed it every year with a different cover. Well, if we go by the one that is the book, the cover that my dad found for the audiobook. I hate that cover so much. I love it. I like it. It's nice. For explanation's sake, it's like a medieval, not painting, because it's not like a portrait, but it's like a tapestry style, like a medieval tapestry look at, I guess, what Sandry looks like. I think that's Sandry. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I mean, for Sandry, that's perfect because she makes tapestries all the time. Is that the same style for all four of them or is it different for each? I think it's the same style for all four of them. Oh, okay. I'm just saying for this book, it works. (laughs) I didn't say for the others, it works. And also to add to the confusion, thank you, Scholastic. Like I said, this book is either not known as the magic in the weaving or more commonly looks like because of Scholastic Sandry's book which was very confusing because beside the ending where Sandry pulls it out and is amazing this book is about all four of them so that confused me greatly yeah I was expecting it to be like Sandry's book is Sandry's narrative and Triss's book is Triss's narrative if it makes you feel better Sandry's book Sandry pulls it out at the end Daja's book, Daja pulls it out at the end. Briar's book goes down. I very distinctly remember Briar's book. That one sticks with me for forever. That one's, mm, that's a good time. I don't remember Triss's book <laughs> at all. That's okay. I'd rather not remember Triss in general. But we'll get to why I hate a child later. <laughs> Hating children. I hate this child. I'm so good at that. I feel like every mid Jeez. This child specifically I have issues with. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest that you don't like Triss. <laughs> She, okay. We, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay, true, true. We'll get to it. To add to the cover that I don't actually understand is on the scholastic versions of the book. So the cover is different on all of them, but it always has the four elements and the four elements you think of fire, wind, water, and earth. I mean, they put a plant, but it's earth. That doesn't actually match up with the characters. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. So I'm so confused why they were so insistent on having 
putting it on the covers. Oh no. I mean, it's more like metal, plants, light, the elements just in general. True. Because Triss is just in tune with nature. <laughs> Water, wind, lightning, fire, yes. <laughs> I don't think it's all of it, but I think it's storms. Weather. Yeah. Kind of. Extending to earthquakes, if we consider that weather. But she also has something to do with hides. Anyway, hers is a little hard to pinpoint. Sheet magic. Mm-hmm. And then yarn. Yes. Thread magic was actually very interesting to me. I liked that a lot. That was very interesting. But yeah, so none of the covers have spoken to me. All of them are different. I'm still confused what to call the book. Let's just do the magic of weaving because that makes more sense, especially because there's a lot of weaving in this book. Yeah. The magic in the weaving sounds way cooler than Sandry's book. Agreed. I don't know why they did that. The first one is what Tamara Pierce actually named it. And then the second one is what Scholastic was like, this is what we're going to call this now. I wonder if she ever worked with Scholastic again after this. I don't know. I want to assume that the circle opens is also owned by Scholastic because it's also really hard to find. Probably. That would make sense. It's like a sequel, kind of. Yeah. Which, I mean, she does that a lot. Like, the Alana books. There's the four for Alana and then there's four for Alana's daughter that's got different series but in the same world and there's four for another girl that goes through the same thing but years later in the same world and so it's the same characters continued down and then there's the wild magic one that's also four books that's also in that same world but with different main characters. It's a good time. I like her consistency of four books. Yes, I do too. It makes things much easier. Well that too but also I feel like trilogies are super popular and she was like Nah. Nah. Four. Quartets. Four books. Also, we need to read the Wild Magic series because I think you would like that a lot. Anyway. We will get there. So yeah, I like Sandry a lot. I like all of the characters a lot, except for Triss. And that's okay. But, but let's kind of talk about their backgrounds. Okay, so we're going to start at the beginning. And this is the most traumatic parts that we're about to talk about first. Mm-hmm. So Sandry, I guess to start with her since it's her book. She's a noble and she lives with her parents and her her parents move around a lot and that's great and wonderful except in this place where they currently are smallpox breaks out and her parents die and she finds them dead from smallpox and her nursemaid locks her in a closet as a group of mobbers essentially that are mobbing I don't know what they were doing they said oh she's an enemy to something like she was a different race maybe because they were traveling around maybe someone in their company is the one that brought the smallpox to the area and so they were mobbing the place is like this is your fault sort of a thing anyway that's not super gone into. But anyway, her nursemaid locks her in a closet. She's in the dark with stores of food. So I mean, she'll survive with a lamp, but the door is magically sealed and so no one can find it. And then the mob kills the nursemaid and then she is in the dark. For months. For ages. It's actually not specified, but it's longer than weeks. Yes. I feel like it's at least a month. It's at least a month. Yeah. She's in there for a hot minute. To the point where when they get her out, she actively cannot have any light touch her eyes because it's been so long. It takes months for her to get her sight back. It's a time. My goodness. In a short period of time, she loses both of her parents and it makes it sound like she saw them dead. Yep. When they're talking about the nightmare that she had, it mentions that that's exactly what happened except the nursemaid wasn't also dead on the bed. Yeah. Her parents are dead. So her nursemaid hides her in this small area and outside, Sandry can hear the mobbers killing the nursemaid. Right there. Right there. And she's supposedly an enemy to the state because of where she's from or something. Something. That was never super clear, but it was just like, 
child yeah it's yep oh my goodness yep got some trauma right out the gate and then the book leaves her there and we don't come back <laughs> around for a hot minute and then dodger her ship goes down the whole family ship goes down they're traitors which is darker skin trade thing because people can pick her out as a traitor as soon as they, they see her staff and her darker skin anyway which apparently traitors and merchants are different things i'm still not a hundred percent sure other than i think the traitors are the ones that actually move move around. I feel like traders, because of how they're viewed in the book, I feel like they're more equated to like gypsies. Maybe. Than merchants, because I feel like the merchants are probably the quote unquote white traders. I could see that. So it's different. But anyway, their trader ship is out at sea and then goes down and she's the only survivor. And so her clan actively outcasts her because being the only survivor is very bad luck. But even before that, she is on a raft. On a raft. At sea. No food. Convinced she's a about to die, blistered from the sun when she's... But she finds a box. When she finds a box. And it thankfully has food and water in it because she was definitely about to die. Oh, yeah. The author was like, let me throw you a bone so you don't die. And she's about to run out of that when thankfully she gets found. And then she gets taken to her tribe and her tribe are like, hey, so your entire family died and clearly you're unlucky. So you're just going to be an outcast for the rest of your your life. The rest of your life. So even though we're an outcast in society, you're an outcast to the outcast. Yes. I don't know where you would go from there. Wow. How do you make a living? What? Uh, yeah, it's a fun time. We're having fun. I remember this kid is like 11. 11! And her family just died and she's told she's bad omen and deserves to be an outcast from society because she doesn't deserve love. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> this poor child. And then freaking Briar is over there and it's a little bit of an Aladdin situation. Classic street rat. Classic. And he keeps going back because, you know, street rat, he needs to steal to survive because there is no sort of checks and balances in society to help these poor orphans. And the way it works in the city is you get caught once you get an X on one hand. It says, I've been caught once. You get caught twice. You get an X on the second hand. You've been caught twice. And they let you go after both times. But you get caught a third time. Then you go see the judge. You either go to the docks, the mines, or I forget what the third one was. But an equally terrible place. Yeah. And so he got caught three times. And then that's when he gets picked up to go to the Magic Temple, which I think he was originally going to go to the docks until they stopped. Yeah. It says he was sentenced to the dock, but he was saved by Nico because Nico was like, hey. Could I have child? Could I have child? They were like, uh, I guess. <laughs> If you really want child. But also his name before that is Roach. Yeah, because the Thief King names all of the kids and I guess he was Roach. But then he gets to pick his own name and he likes plants. And so he's like, uh, well, these roses bit me up the other day and that was pretty cool. So I guess Briar. <laughs> I need a name that sounds tough. But needs to be either a plant or an animal name because temple people like plant or animal names. But then he has this patch of moss that he's been cultivating in the jail cell and using as a bed. So, you know, like moss and he needs a last name. Which he hasn't been realizing he's been cultivating. No. Did you notice reading through, he doesn't, for a good portion of the book, he doesn't think magic is real. No, he doesn't. Okay. I will say there's a couple times where I'm like, you children are dense. Right? Especially Triss. I'm like, they 
baby, honey, you are very clearly doing this. But Briar is also a little dense because he's like, magic's not real. I've just seen all these magical events and I have felt magic inside of me, but magic's not real. Magic's not real. To be fair, though, they are 11. I know because I'm having a little bit of the same issue with Alana. And a part of me is like, are you stupid or are you 11? Both. (laughs) It's because they're 11. (laughs) And so I feel like if I read this as a child, I would view this very differently. But as an adult, I just sometimes the situations they put themselves in and I'm just like, are you stupid or are you 11? (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Are you you stupid or are are you 11? 11? That is probably my problem with mid-lip books. (laughs) That does not need to go on a t-shirt. That's what I'm going to draw for the cover of this one. Are you stupid or are you 11? (laughs) I'm not actually going to draw a picture. I'm just going to write that out. And then you have Trish. And yeah, I get it. It's really bad that her family cast her out for not having magic, even though she really obviously has magic like real obvious and then the extended family cast around and then they send her to boarding school and then it's mean girls and the boarding school doesn't want her either and i get it but she has the worst attitude out of all four of them and she has the least traumatic background at no point did tris ever worry about where her next meal was coming from Mm -hmm. and that's my issue with tris is she complains a lot. So much. And she assumes things about people. And it's very annoying. (laughs) Did you read the Babysitter's Club growing up by any chance? No, but I had friends that did. And I'm a little bit wondering if it's a little bit typecast of redheaded girl. Probably. But Mallory in the Babysitter's Club was the exact same way. Did you hate her too? All she did was complain about everything. Uh, Even Briar over here, while he's being rough around the edges, he's still not trusting people and has a skewed view of things. He's not being a twat about it. No. I mean, not more than 11-year-old boy level. Yeah. Triss is just being extra. And Briar has the dumb moments of magic doesn't exist, even though all these magical things keep happening and the people are teaching him magic. I think even in the meditation. I mean, at least luckily he accepts it very quickly. He's like, all right, yeah, that checks out. (laughs) But yeah, he does go very far into the book being like, magic doesn't exist. And I'm like, child, magic's not real. Okay. pretty sure. I think it is though. I'm pretty sure it is. I think you may be wrong about this one. But Triss just, that's her personality. Goals to build a D&D character that doesn't think magic exists. See, that's kind of how I feel. It'd be like a D&D character being like, the gods don't exist when you could literally go talk to them. You would have to be so far in denial as a D&D character though because that's an adult. That's not an 11 year old. You're in deep denial. I know, true. But I feel like not believing in magic in the place he is because obviously where he comes from he's not used to it he's not trained or whatever but being in the temple and being like magic doesn't exist is like the most flat earth thing <laughs> I love talking about flat earthers don't get me started <laughs> so he's a little ignorant I will let him have that but Tris complains the whole book and she's like nobody likes me and na, 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 na. and they're being nice to me but it's because they're annoying and she keeps being like 
like, I don't have magic. I got really mad at these girls and then wind blew in through the windows, pushed the windows open, destroyed everybody else's stuff, but didn't touch my stuff. But I don't have magic. And then it happens again. I stared at this tree while I was very angry and lightning struck it, but I don't have magic. I caused an actual earthquake while I was angry, but I don't have magic. I think you do. Of all the people, she has the least traumatic. Her background sounds like a lot of kids' childhoods. Not necessarily the cast out by the entire family, but feeling like a disappointment to your parents around middle school age is about right. And then mean girls and bullies. I get that. But she goes on and on and on like, nobody likes me. And then if somebody's nice to her, she's like, they're annoying. I hate them. They just need to go away. And I'm like, you deserve to be unhappy. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, eventually she figures herself out. And I actually kind of like the friendship she and Briar has. Yes. I mean, personally, I know I'm shipping 11-year-olds. I would ship Briar and Sandry. Also, yes. But I really appreciate that he has a different friendship with Triss than he has with Sandry. And of course, than he has with Dodger. But they don't really bond in this book as much as Dodger bonds with the other people. And it's probably going to happen later on. Yeah, it does. But I appreciate that each friendship is different because it would be so easy for someone to be like, ah, he's a boy, they're a girl, and that's it. But she puts the depth into the characteristics of like, well, how would a girl that acts like this respond with this boy? And how would that boy then respond to a girl that's like this? So I appreciate that. And eventually Triss comes around and she's not nearly as bad. Although I still find her trope a little about of girl with glasses that complains a lot and reads books because she doesn't like people. Hey, that sounds like me. Girl that complains a lot and wears glasses and reads books because she doesn't like people. <laughs> My hair's not red, though. And you're not obnoxious. Thanks. <laughs> I try really hard to be, but, you know, I guess I'm failing at that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, sorry. This is off topic. So you know how you were like, oh, there's circle of magic and then the circle opens. Apparently, there's a third one. No. What? No. No! And it's called the Circle Reforged. Fudge monkeys! What? But there's only three of them, and it doesn't have a hyperlink. No! The books have a hyperlink. The Will of the Empress, Melting Stones and battle magic. The fudge monkeys on a stick? What? Okay, so battle magic was published by Scholastic in 2013. Screaming. And it's young adult. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she ages these up. The Alana books get young adult as they get older too, because I mean, Alana ends up, I think in like her 20s at the end, because you have to be a certain age to be a knight. Yeah, you have to be 18. Yeah, okay, so regardless. Yeah, yeah, I get what you say. She ages it up as it goes. It ages up. That's interesting. So yeah, apparently that exists and that came out in 2013. Screaming. Oh, interesting. The second book, Melting Stones, came out in 2007. Yeah, and Will of the Empress came out in 2005. And then Battle Magic came out in 2013? Maybe the fourth one just hasn't come out yet. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to call it on nine years. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. It makes me wonder what she's up to, though. Did you know that Circle Reforged has a fandom.com page? Interesting. What is she up to? Mm. (gasps) Oh! 
Oh, no, that's accolades. Sorry. I thought she had released a book in 2020. Okay, so I'm on the fandom page. I don't know how true it is, right? But there's the Emelon books. So there's the Circle of Magic books that are all four. There's the Circle Opens books. There's all four. There's the Circle Reforged books. There's three. And then there's Planned books, untitled book featuring Triss's experience at Lightbridge TBA. So there was, at some point, in theory, a planned fourth book for Circle Reforged. Hey, and maybe the reason Alana's book's so easy to find now is Time Magazine and Twitter. 2020 put Alana, the first adventure, as one of the 100 best fantasy books of all time. I would agree with that, but I'm biased. That's some pretty good praise. Numer has his own books. Numer has two books. Numer is a completely different character from a completely different book series that we haven't actually talked about yet. Forget I said that. Never mind. I get Numer and Nico mixed up. Okay. Anyway, I didn't know he had his own book series. This is important to me specifically. <laughs> I have to read those now. Yeah, it looks like the Numer Chronicle started in 2018. So, yay, she's So that's a tangent we went on. By the way, I love this author. (laughs) Check out her other books. I think she's pretty good. Thank you for praising an author that I like. <laughs> Nico is the guy who finds all of them because apparently he has magic that is sensing other magic. Nico kind of has, I think, what you would consider in this universe like a traditional magic mage thing, like Jack of all trades, a little bit of everything. He just kind of does magic. Whatever is required. Unlike the kids where they have very specialized callings for very niche things, except for tourists, but you know, which is why when they were quote unquote tested for magic it didn't come up as magic because they don't work with traditional magic like Nico does. Yeah they're special. So he does a little bit of everything because I mean he's able to find them and he's able to do future seeing and a couple of other random things as well so uh, he has traditional magic. Yeah. I get the feeling that he's built to be we don't talk about him a huge amount in the books he's kind of that fix it character that sometimes you'll have in a book you're like oh I broke the thing I need the character that I've had from day one that can potentially fix what I broke. (laughs) He's kind of a ex machina kind of character. Yeah, so I think he's much, much, much more powerful than you would initially think. He just feels like that sort of oh, by the way, I'm actually one of the top level mages in the whole world but, you know, I play it off as it's not a big deal. And I hang out with random children. Yeah, but I'm weird so nobody talks about it. No one cares. It's fine. He feels like one of those characters but we never talk about it. (laughs) As far as I remember, it's been years since I read these books. So he's pretty cool and he's kind of a parental figure for them. I'm not going to say like a dad character just because he's not that personal. No. But he's definitely has a parental role where he guides them and talks to them each about their individual issues and stuff. And he tries so hard with Triss. He really does. He has so much patience. I am so impressed with him. He should definitely be a middle school teacher, which is apparently what he has decided he is. For real. But he's pretty awesome. And then the two other people that oversee the children, which I love, there's this whole kind of gimmick, but each of them get in trouble in the normal dorms. And so they're all told that they have to go to discipline. And they're all like, oh no, that must be terrible. I'm going to be disciplined or live in discipline or something like that. And then they find out, and then they find out that's just the name of the cottage. I love that. And Lark and Rosethorn work 
and lived there and I love them both equally. Yes. I love them so much. I like them a lot. Lark is gentle and very, she is motherly and kind and patient. And she does weaving and she's very in the household and you think she's this very simple little lady. And then she's an ex-acrobat. She used to work with a circus. Yeah, every once in a while she just like drops nuggets of her past and the children are like, excuse me? Excuse me? And she's like, I had a history before you. I lived a life. Casually does somersaults down a hall. And then you have Rose Thorne. Her name is pretty on brand. She is the tough love. I don't have patience for you. But also she kind of does have patience for them. It's not to the point where I'm like, why are you working with children? But she has like a hard touch where Lark is kind of a soft touch. And so she's more like a disciplinary and is like, you need to do things the right way. But also has a great sense of humor. And also she has this ongoing war with this other dedicate dedicate crane. And so there's this whole thing and there's a history between them and they don't actually get into it. But Crane decided to make a greenhouse and he's trying to make plants go year round and apparently that has very greatly offended Rose Thorn. and there is some shenanigans going on between them. It doesn't say what but they have a history. And when Briar steals a plant from Crane... Because it's dying. Because it's dying and he's terrible at what he does. But he immediately is like, you did this. And I don't think he's necessarily the person to just rush to conclusions. So I feel like she's done some stuff where her stealing an entire plant wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, but they make it obvious that he's evidently attempted this as well. Yes. So it may also be just projection kind of like a, I tried to do this, so of course you would as well. So there's a history there, and I like that. Because all three of the adults, you kind of do what middle schoolers do to adults, where like, you're an adult, so you're boring. And then they learn that they also had a childhood and a youth, and they're like, holy crap. You aren't born adults? What? <laughs> you weren't born adults? No. <laughs> and so I do like that that's threaded into the story. Every once in a while, an adult will let something slip and you're just like hmm I would like to know about you so Dodger gets kind of like a fourth person in Dedicate Frostpine yeah because he is a smith mage and teaches Dodger how to do stuff they apparently have the same kind of magic yes and it's very very specific like Frostpine's the only guy he knows with that type of magic type of specific. So her having it is awesome. And Dodger gets to learn how to make things because apparently traders don't make things. They just trade? Question mark? Yeah, it's apparently like, no, no, we don't make things. We just trade. I don't know. There's some times where I'm like, I'm confused. So she gets to do that. And I think that's really cool. And I really like Dodger's plot line. And I mean, I like Sandry's because she gets to learn how to do weaving because apparently proper ladies are only supposed to weave for a little bit and she's super into it. And then Briar gets to learn about plants and that's really cool and Triss is busy being a baby. Yeah. So they're all cool but I don't know I really like Dodge's. There's a reason why Dodge's book and Briar's book stick out with me more than any of the other ones. I think it's also just because I really like Frostpine and I'm tepid, almost lukewarm on his apprentice, Kirill. He... 
gets better. He comes around, I'm sure. But Dodja holds the metal in her hand, like the fiery hot metal in her hand, and it doesn't burn her. And Kirill has a mental crisis. And I'm just like, your master does this all the time. Okay, but there's a difference between a big, burly guy that's been known to be a great mage holding a piece of metal, and then this 11-year-old girl that just started doing magic last week. Sexism. It was more pointing towards she's 11. I know, but it's also a little bit, but you're a dude. That kind of calls back to me with the Briar thing where he's like, magic doesn't exist. Magic doesn't exist. And so I'm just like, Carol, you're dumb. Come back around. And he does come back around. So that's pretty cool. And I also kind of wonder what Carol's doing there. Is he just studying to be a regular blacksmith? Yes. <laughs> this magic is so rare. The best smith mage there is, is just teaching normal mages. That's kind of sad. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the kid wanted to learn. He wasn't teaching anybody. Fair. Oh, apparently there's a cooking mage. I don't remember her or him. Dedicate Gorse. Yeah, he works in the kitchens. He's mentioned a lot because Briar likes food. Ah, okay. So that doesn't really count. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> At some point, Sandry and the rest go to town to sell their wares and dog abuse. So Sandry saves a dog and Triss attacks them with magic. By accident, sort of. But also kind of on purpose question mark she was trying to just dunk water on them and then a little kid spun her around and then it went around and then the magic went around and it made a water spout and then she was like and now i can't control it great and i don't know what to do there are so many times with this book that sandry being a lady and having political connections has come in handy and this is one of them they have an entire angry mob on their hand and she's like yo uncle my uncle that i know <laughs> yo you know me and so they figured themselves out and, and stuff but we're very lucky here we're very lucky another reason I don't like Triss is, is Triss thinks Sandry's annoying for the longest time and I'm like Sandry's awesome shut up well Triss also has that bias of you're a noble you're just pretending to be nice yeah but she also has that against all of them yeah I know she's nothing if not pretension anyway I'm sad that the next book is Triss's book or maybe I will be happy that it gets out of the way I'm so sorry anyway so, okay, this is an interesting plot line that I thought was actually going to go through more of the books, but it doesn't. Or maybe it does, and they're lying. But there's this dude in a distant city who thinks he can control magic, which is this whole thing in the book is like, no, you can't control magic. No, that plot line's not going to go anywhere because he died. Okay, so he actually died. That whole temple died. This dude is trying to control magic and not in the like... I I am a vessel for magic in which I use it. But no, like trying to control magic. He tried to store an earthquake. He tried to bottle up the magic behind an earthquake. Yeah, like he's going to do solar electricity kind of bottle up. And you hear about him throughout, like I think about the midway point of the book is when you start hearing about him. And then it becomes like a bigger and bigger deal to the point where this earthquake he's tried to store becomes way worse because if you can try to control magic because essentially he put an earthquake in a bottle and it bounced around the bottle until it got bigger because it's an earthquake so of course it got bigger and then it broke through the bottle and it went rampaging off across the countryside in all directions and this leads to kind of the crisis the 
climax of the book where the kids are in a cave. I forget why. No, they're just kind of down by the shore and the wall by them collapses because the temple's surrounded by a wall. Oh, Little Bear. The dog. The dog that we mentioned previously. Sandry saved the dog. I don't know if I said that. I don't think we did. They saved the dog. They get to keep the dog. The dog is the friend now. Dog's named Little Bear. Dog looks like a bear. Good times. Little Bear runs off and so they end up by the shore into the back of a large cave. But Triss... Okay, along with her storm powers and her tide powers, apparently she can sense earthquakes and may or may not have earthquake powers, question mark. I feel like her powers may just be the elements. She's just everything. I feel like that makes most sense. She is the Avatar. (laughs) She is Tempest, I guess, if I was going to put a fine point on it. But they're in this cave and then the earthquake happens, so they're going to be crushed by rocks and so all four of them have to figure out what they can do like Dodger creates a magical box around them to protect them Briar's trying to use plants to get I think Link back to his tree he's trying to make a cage out of the roots to help hold the rocks that are around them up kind of and then Triss is trying to get air vents through water but they have to be careful because Dodger's metal box is there and it's hot and they can't have the water touch the, the fire no there's cold coal above the ceiling. Oh, that's what it is. They don't want to ignite the coal. They don't want to ignite the coal. Because an explosion. And Triss is trying to keep air flowing in without collapsing the rubble above them. So they're all just trying to survive, period. Let alone get out. And Sandry's having a breakdown because it's dark. Yes. She has PTSD. Understandably so. Which is fair. Very fair. And she also is freaking out because even if she wasn't, she can't think of a way that she can help her friends. Dodge's like, I can't get to the lava beneath us to use it to melt the metal to build a cage. And Briar's like, I can't reach my plants. And Triss is like, I can, but I'm not you. So Sandry realizes, oh my gosh, if I could just tie all your magics together, then we could do this. And so she does. She has thread on her now. That's a personality trait. They made a point of mentioning that she grabbed it out the door, her sewing basket. Yeah. Because they were just going to go hang out. And then the dog ran away. And so she threads their magic together and has each of them hold on to this thread and her power is allowing them all to access each other's power and it's actually pretty cool. I was kind of confused what was happening a little bit in this part of the book as you can tell from me desperately trying to recall what the heck happened. But her doing this also causes their little box to move through the earth? No. Nico finds them and pulls them out. That's what the big rush of magic is when they kind of run out of power and they're running out of steam and then there's that big rush of magic that hits them. That's Nico putting magic in and pulling them out. Yeah, and they end up super far away from where the cave was and they were able to save them, which is awesome. Good. But it's this whole moment because Sandry faced her darkest fear which is darkness. And then the three friends go out of their way. Get together and they make her a nightlight. Because she's been using like coal or something and I can't remember what. A lantern? Yeah. A gas lantern and it only has so much light. And so Tris, Briar, and Dodger work really hard together and they try to keep it secret from each other because Tris tries to keep it secret from Briar. Briar figures it out and then they try to keep it secret from Dodger but Dodger figures it out. Okay, kiddos. But anyway, they all 
all eventually come together. That's the important part. And they create this light crystal for her that is just constant energy. And I think it lasts for like years, decades. It was a ridiculously long amount of time. And so it means so much to Sandry because now she will never have to be alone in the dark unwillingly ever again. And it's just... That was such a good moment. You good? <laughs> Go and cry over a children's novel. Yeah, I like this author. <laughs> that was sweet. I like friendship books, okay? This is a friendship book. I get you. I am also lonely. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was a lovely child. Oh, yeah. Beautiful ending. It's so sweet. And of course, Little Bear's awesome and rocking and doesn't realize he did anything wrong. Of course not. Because of Little Bear. Because of Little Bear. And yeah, so Sandry's awesome. And Weaving Magic is really cool. And it talks about it a little bit. Apparently, especially traders have threads that have different winds in them. So like North Wind, South Wind, East Wind, that type of thing. Yeah, their mages can weave together wind. So they can navigate more easily and that's just really interesting and i hope she goes even more into that but maybe she won't because sandry's book is over and now we have to learn about tempest magic we do a little bit in dodge's book because that specifically has to do with traitors which it's kind of a little it trader i keep feeling like i'm saying traitor or enunciate so yeah that's really interesting magic and i kind of like that the boy had plant magic because it could have been very easily to be like oh he's the blacksmith but no he has plant magic and he's into plants and he cares about them and is very sweet my boy has plant magic briar is actually pretty adorable he is as scrappy and rough edged as he is he's pretty adorable he's a good character tris is okay (laughs) <laughs> I think Dodge and Briar are my favorites. I like them a lot. I will read all four in the decide. I think Sandry's my favorite just because of how nice to everyone. She is the glue character, first of all. She's the glue character, yep. And after everything she's gone through, for her to just be like, yeah, I'm a noble, but I'm going to make friends with traitors and prisoners and boys and be fine with that. And also, I'm going to be nice to everyone in general. And I'm going to stick up for dogs and puppies. That's pretty cool. Part of me kind of wishes I read this as a kid because then I would know which ones I would identify with more because as an adult, you view things differently, you know? Yes. Different phases of your life and whatnot. Yes. And so I'm kind of curious as a kid, which one I would have identified with. Maybe I would have liked Tris more. Maybe not. You don't sound like necessarily a massive fan either. And you read them as a kid. She's she's not my favorite. I don't hate her, but she's not. She's my least favorite. I can honestly say that. She's okay. Sorry, I'm looking at some of their last names for the first time, I swear, on the character list. Sandri Fatorin, Briar Moss, Daja, can't remember her last name. Kasobo. Kasobo. Kasubu. Kasobo? I can't remember off the top of my head how to pronounce it. The first one sounds correct Fair. And then her last name is Chandler, which is boring. <laughs> I guess when you have a first name like Trisana, she was like, I'll just give it a normal last name. Yeah, Sandri's full name is Sandraline. Sandraline. Andreline Fatorin. Fatorin. Is that where Alana's from? No. No, this is a different world. Because Linus is the European medieval. Okay, so at the end of the recording, you gave me, I really like the talk with the author section. And they ask her questions and you don't hear the questions. She just is talking, but obviously they gave her prompts. Tortalin. Sorry, the other world is Tortalin. Tortal. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. She talks about how she was inspired more for this world by Middle Eastern stories. And you can definitely tell that. 
the inspirations, there are little bits where you're like, okay, this could be your stereotypical medieval fair, but there's a lot of things in it where it's like, it's just different enough. And you can see the inspirations that she talks about. And I also really like the about the author because she shares some of the sentiments that I also have about fantasy stuff and how it's some of her inspirations are things that have inspired me in the past. This author is why I got into that argument with you with the last time we talked about fantasy books because this is the sh- that I read. Yes, but I worry she's an outlier a little bit, especially in the 90s. This is the sh- that I read. She's written so much. <laughs> and I like her a lot as a person. Also, I didn't know that she was the one reading the audiobook. Yeah, she's the narrator. It was a full cast audio. Isn't that great? Which was kind of cool. And she's the narrator. And I was like, you have such a good voice. I love this author so much. She could have been a voice actor. She was just so good. Not everyone has that. I don't think I could do that. If I wrote a book, I don't think I would be the one reading it. General thoughts. I wish I had the series as a kid. That's why I'm trying so hard to find physical copies because I want to have it for my children. And meh, Scholastic, you're making it hard to find your book. I want to give you my money. Please, uh, let me just give you money. Sell the rights to Amazon. Amazon just prints books. Sigh. Anyway, but yeah, I wish I had these books as a kid. Maybe I would feel differently about certain fantasy or maybe not. I mean, outlier, but. No, no, no. You'd feel the same. This isn't an outlier. But yeah, I wish I had it as a kid. I wonder who I would have identified with. Probably Sandry. Maybe Briar. I don't know. I surprised myself as a middle schooler identified with Tally in the Ugly series. So that says anything <laughs> about my character at that age. Right. You would 100% have identified with Trisana. Got it. Just kidding. I have no idea. I was such... I mean, I'm the same person physically, but the mindset was so different as a child versus where I am now. So I don't think I could accurately predict it. Oh my gosh, middle school me. Poor, poor little middle school me. <laughs> Not even going to think about middle school me. Oh, there isn't a character that's a pick me, so I can't identify with any of them. <laughs> anyway, maybe I would have felt differently about the world if I had read this as a child. Who knows? Who knows? So many possibilities. Anyway, I'd like this for my kids. That would be nice. I will also look for copies for your kids. We have a few years before they're of the age where this is an acceptable book. One question for the author. So I'd be interested... She doesn't really go into it because she goes into the making of the world and how thread magic came to her. And I'm a little puffed up because she's like, oh my gosh, crocheters are like magic. And I'm like, I crochet. I do that. Am I magical? Yes. Everything you give me that is crocheted is magical. I actively have a Litwick and a jellyfish and a blanket and they're all amazing. Aww. So she goes into all that, but she doesn't really go into how she thought of this story and the four characters. And I would specifically really like to know the decisions made on their backgrounds. Because first of all, they're diverse and very interesting in their own way. And they really inform the characters, but also... What the heck? Where did you come up with these traumas, huh? Oh my goodness. Were you having nightmares? Do we need to call somebody for you? Are you okay? Because <laughs> they're very specific. You could not have lived through all of them. So it's like, were you watching movies? Is that where these came from? Blink twice if you're being held hostage. Do we need to 
call somebody? Has your imagination gone to the dark place? Is that what this is? So yeah, I'd like to know more about the children's backstories and how she came up with them. For both my curiosity and also for my concern. Sucks I have to think of mine after you do yours and I really just want to be like, yo, do the same. <laughs> That's a good question. I want to ask about the world building because I didn't listen to the thing at the end because I didn't realize it was there. I have to go back. Yes. How did you not know? I stopped when the book ended. It had book ending music and I stopped listening to it. Okay. So the reason I heard it for sure was first because I was driving. And so I was just going to let it play until the end. And... It kept going <laughs> and it was the prompts. I mean, I know there's a file like that at the end of the Timorare series. There's a whole thing about dragons. <laughs> she has a whole thing about why she got tired of writing in medieval times and decided to branch out and how she chose thread magic. And it's good. Highly recommend. Go listen to it. I'll have to go back. In my defense, I also haven't listened to this in years. No defense. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Raining. So I would give this finding your magic powers out of 10. Pretty cool. Pretty happy it happened. Not necessarily life-changing for me, but it could be life-changing for a kid, as Lizzie has shown. <laughs> happy childhood memories out of 10. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. It's good. Rereading things as an adult you loved as a kid and finding plot holes but still enjoying the read. That's how I feel about series of unfortunate events. Although, I have not found a plot hole yet. Other than all of the adults are really stupid. Right? <laughs> That's the only thing as an adult I saw definitely. Read again. You are a yes. Yeah. I'm gonna speak for you. You've done it so many times. <laughs> Is actively reading again, so not right this instant, but the series. I want a physical copy. I want you to have a physical copy too. I'm so sorry I picked a series that doesn't have physical copies. I honestly didn't think that there wasn't. <laughs> I know. I didn't think so either until I went on Amazon and they were like $40. And then I found they had so few used or whatever copies and I found a seller and it was like a bookstore, but they sent me the wrong book and that's just been a whole other issue, which I'm not going to go into about. But, ugh. and none of the used bookstores around me have copies and I'm just like, Okay, we're going to make it hard. My child will appreciate this book. <laughs> I put effort into finding it. One of them will. Uh, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Or I can just enjoy it. You know, it can be mine. It's fine. I'm fine with that. Thanks for exploring the magic and the weaving with us. I'm Sam Reiner. And I'm Liz Zor. And we hope to see you and a friend here next time. <laughs> Escape With Me Book Club is a Lunar Skulk production. Check us out on TikTok or Instagram to keep up to date with us. Lunar underscore S-K-U-L-K.